This is an IELTS Energy podcast, episode 1346, the highest scoring strategy for speaking part two. Welcome to the IELTS Energy Podcast from All Ears English, downloaded more than 22 million times with former IELTS examiner Jessica Beck and Aubrey Carter, the IELTS whiz. If you are stuck with a low score, our insider method will help you get the score you need to unlock your dreams. Get your estimated band score now with our two-minute quiz. Go to allearsenglish.com forward slash my score. Today, we'll tell you exactly how to tackle IELTS Speaking Part 2 to make it easy and high scoring. Plus, besides the strategies, we'll give you a band nine sample answer about a song. Hey, Aubrey, how's it going? I'm great. How are you, Jessica? I am very excited to talk about Speaking Part 2 today. I love talking about speaking strategies and helping students relieve some of that pressure, take away some of the mystery, um, and help people feel more confident before their speaking test. Yes, especially when it comes to speaking part two. Two minutes is a long time to fill. Really long you time. really strategies. We got a great question about this today, and we're going to give you guys strategies as well as a sample answer so you can see this in action. Yes, exactly. Um, and guys, if you are not following our show, hit follow right now because we don't want you to miss one of our amazing episodes. Uh, one of my recent favorite favorites is episode 1343, Speaking Part One Vocabulary for Dithering. I love that episode so much. And if you don't know what dithering means, you're missing out. It means you missed that show. So go back, scroll up in your feed and um, play that episode, guys. And remember to hit follow so you don't miss one of our awesome lessons. Okay, Aubrey, can you read that first question, please? Yes, this was from Joao, one of our students. So shout out to Joao. And he asked, do I have to cover the four prompts given with the topic card? to increase my score? Really good question. Possibly the most common question I see from students. And I don't blame you, right? You go into part two or you're practicing for part two. You see the question. You see those three prompts. And it's tricky to know, like, does the examiner read those? Is this part of my score to, to answer those? So we are going to give you a lot of insight today. Yes. Spoiler yes. alert. No, you don't have to answer those three prompts. <laughs> yeah, there's I know it's really hard for students to um, sort of believe this information, because if we think about writing task two, right, you have to address all parts of the question in order to get even a six for task response. Right. right? Um, the rules are different for speaking. Okay. Think about it. So there are three parts of the speaking exam. All the questions are totally different. Part two is weird as heck. Like this doesn't happen in real life, right? Um, but even though all of these questions are so totally different, the format, the topic, everything's different. What the examiner is grading you on is the same in all three parts. Okay. So what I mean to say is there's nothing on the scoring rubric specific to part two that says, candidate addressed all the bullet points in the part two card. There's nothing in the scoring system about that. Examiners don't care. You're not scored on it. Okay. So that's the first thing. 
nope, doesn't affect your score if you follow them or don't follow them. You only have to stick to the topic. That's it. Now, here's the second reason. What if students are really focused on those bullet points, Aubrey, those prompts on the card? What happens? Yes, if you only stick to those prompts, your answer will likely be too short. They're often questions that are like a yes or no question or could be answered with one or two words. And if you're really focused on those, it might be difficult to to expand on that and add lots of extra detail. Mm -hmm. So instead, we always share the strategy of telling a story. Yes. Share the before, the during, after. There are so many ways this will increase your score. You'll be more likely to add linking phrases to link your ideas and show how the story moved along. Mm -hmm. And you'll be able to share so much more detail and interesting vocabulary from your life when you're telling this story. Exactly, exactly. Um, it's, it's so much easier to have like emotions come out and have that impact your um, expressive pronunciation. Like Aubrey said, showing specific vocabulary because you're moving through a story and telling its details and describing things that happened and things that you saw. Um, so really, guys, this is the best strategy. Just, just a few days ago, we got a comment on our YouTube channel, IELTS Energy TV, um, asking for us to share a part two strategy. Um, and that's really it, guys. Tell a story. And one of the easiest ways, I think, to tell a story is, like Aubrey said, following that before, during, after method. So say, for example, the question is about, um, like, describe um, an object you bought or a product you bought that you never used. Talk about what your life was like before you bought the product, right? Why you wanted it in the first place. Talk about the um, action of buying it, how did you choose it? Where did you go? How much did it cost? Blah, blah, blah. And then after that, you have the product. Why didn't you use it? <laughs> exactly, right? As opposed to the three prompts for that might be very simplistic. What did you buy? Where did you get it? How much did it right. cost? Something like that, which you could answer in 10 seconds yeah. and then really struggle to come up with more details. So instead, if you're sharing a story, everything that happened before, during, and after, you will not lack for interesting details to provide. And I've seen that happen to candidates on the test, guys. Remember that I was an examiner for 14 years and I saw students do that where they just they they look at the bullet point and then they say something. They look at the next bullet point and then they say something and they cannot fill more than a minute minute max with that with that strategy. So don't trust the bullet points. Okay. Now our esteemed Miss Aubrey is going to give us a sample answer and I am going to uh, keep track of the time and give a little bit of feedback afterward. So here is the topic. Describe a song that's very meaningful to you. I was actually named after a song, and I think my very earliest memory actually is my dad waking me up. I was very little, maybe five years old, but I remember it like it was yesterday. He 
got me out of bed and quietly took me downstairs. And this was very rare for me to be up. It was late at night. It was dark out and brought me down by the radio. And this song was playing and both of my parents were there. All my brothers and sisters were asleep. So I felt very special. And they played this song and said, you're named after this song. And it was the first I had heard it. The name is Aubrey. It's by a band called Bread, like a classic rock 70s band named Bread. And it was beautiful. I remember thinking it was so pretty and feeling so unique to have this gorgeous song named after me, but also just feeling surprised that it was the first time I was hearing it because we didn't own the record or the cassette. So they hadn't yet been able to play it for me. They had to wait till it came on the radio. And so they woke me up in the middle of the night so that I could hear this song. And my dad and I talk about that sometimes when we get together. I'll say, do you remember when you woke me up in the middle of the night to play that song for me? And he will get teary-eyed. He'll kind of tear up that I remember that because he says, you were so little. And I don't remember much before maybe age 30. 13, but that really sticks in my brain as an early formative memory to feel like my parents really cared about me and named me after a song that they both love. I feel like I remember them dancing, like they were standing and kind of started dancing because it is a romantic, a beautiful love song about, um, you know, this girl and, and her beautiful name. And so thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Did that did that two minutes feel long? Not really. I was about well, to start talking about when I hear the song now, right? How nostalgic it is. That went yeah. really fast. That felt like 30 seconds. Awesome. awesome. So I want to point out um, how Aubrey demonstrated our, our strategy here, right? I mean, when we tell you to tell a story, it, we, you might get an easy topic, like describe an experience or an event. You could tell mm. a story that is an, a story, right? A story of an experience or an event you went to. But describe a song, like how do we turn that into a story? So um, the way Aubrey talked about the before was say, like saying like she was in bed, right? And she hadn't even heard the song yet. And then the during is really the activity of being being uh, shown the song by her parents and that whole story about what happened. And then she moved to the after where she's like, present day, we still talk about this. And my dad gets teary eyed. So you could see guys that just chronological order, right? Time. This is how you want to organize your part two answer. If you listen to Aubrey's answer again, you'll notice linking words that move us through the story, right? And then years later, stuff like that. Um, I do want to push back a little bit here because the topic is describe a song and you didn't start actually mm. describing the song until the end, right? I'm not going to get those details of the song, but that wouldn't have impacted your score, Aubrey, because you still described it a bit, right? It's a beautiful song. It's by the band Bread. It's not like you did describe the song enough, but I, I still wanted to know like, what is it about? What happens in the song? You know what I mean? Gotcha. Um, yeah. I eventually shared like, oh, it's a love song. Yeah, it, yeah. But I didn't go into a lot of details about like what the song's about. So yeah, that's interesting. It's um, interesting reading the prompts for this because I read them and it says the name of the song, who sings it, 
what the song is about. Mm -hmm. And if I answered those prompts, the first two would go so fast. I yeah. would have to think for a while, like, what is the song about? Well, it's about a woman that the singer's in love with, which I did share, yeah. but that's about it, right? It's just kind of saying, you know, um, Aubrey, uh, Aubrey was her name, a very lovely girl. Like, that's about it, right? It's not a very oh. deep song. It's beautiful, which I shared. Nice. It's like a really pretty song. Yeah. But it's yeah. basically just saying, you like, did describe I a pretty the girl song. named Aubrey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true, though, because um, you did like there were adjectives describing the song and when it was from the 1970s, what genre, what band. OK, I take it back. You did describe you were just so wrapped up the in the story. I know. <laughs> All I was picturing was like little Aubrey in her bed tiptoeing down the stairs. Like it was such a sweet story. Oh, <laughs> I loved it so much. All right. Oh, man. Band night answer. Amazing. All right, guys. Remember to hit follow right now because we really give you the best strategies and the real time insider tips and insights into the IELTS exam and your score. So hit follow right now so you never miss an episode. Two days a week, we bring you new episodes Tuesdays and Fridays. Awesome. Thanks, Jessica. I will see you next week. All right. Bye. Sounds good. Bye, Aubrey. Bye. Thanks for listening to IELTS Energy. Hit subscribe now and don't forget to find your estimated band score at allearsenglish.com slash my score.